0: A look behind closed doors, an ear for disregarded topics, a voice for the quiet ones. Up next on ARA City Radio, Franziska explores local matters.
1: On this week's Local Matters, Benjamin George Coles explores the wellness industry. For today's third and final episode, Benjamin talks to life coach Lindsay Whitby about the purposes and the practicalities of his profession.
2: Thank you so much for joining me, Lindsay.
0: Thank you for having me, Ben. Could you introduce yourself for our listeners? Yes, uh, my name is Lindsay Whitby. I, uh, I come from Zimbabwe. I worked in aviation for 22 years. Uh, And now I'm a certified life coach. Uh, I've been doing this since 2017. And I work with a variety of clients from young boys to elderly, mature, grown-up people. It's my passion and my purpose. Yeah.
2: Okay. Could you tell us what exactly life coaching is and how it's different from, say, counseling or other types of
0: therapy? OK, sure. Uh, life coaching is its main use is to create the belief in people that they, ca- that they have choices. It evokes a lot of awareness in your ability to choose, to create uh, a lot of self-esteem, a lot of uh, authority within yourself. Life coaching, we don't give advice. We create within the person a lot of uh, autonomy.
2: Okay. And is there a quick way of summarizing how you do that?
0: Yeah, So we we have, uh, there's very different schools, but the school I went to, we we evoke a lot of awareness through powerful questions, through the art of listening, listening to what is not just being said verbally, but body language and um, level three listening is what we call it. So listening to more than just the words.
2: By implication, then level one. Listening? Level
0: one is listening to respond. So when you're talking to me, I'm um, in most most people walks of life. We already have the premeditated response. We're not actually listening. Level two is listening to you and what your body's saying. Level three is where I am connected to you too. So I've left my head. Um, I'm very focused on you. I'm connected to you, and I'm listening with my body too.
2: Mm-hmm. So. Are there more levels? Yep. No, just three.
0: Okay. In my in co-active coaching, is <laughs> okay. just three. Yeah. <laughs> cool.
2: Um, so you mentioned a little about um, your study there. How does one qualify as a life coach? What's the process?
0: In my school, Ben, there's mm-hmm. what we call fun- fundamentals. It's an introduction to the coaching. So it's a two and a half day course that gives you a taster on what the techniques are that we use. And then you have a core curriculum, which is comprised of four modules which you can do they the three days each and you can space that out as long as you want, or you can do an express course and just have them one after the other. Um, they give you different models. We have balance process and um, fulfillment, and these are tools we can use with each client depending what they're looking for. And then the fourth module is called Synergy and it's how to bring these different tools together uh, into a session to help serve your client. And then that is enough as it is. But I went to do a certification, which was another six or seven months of intense training with uh, certified uh, coaches uh, who monitor you, supervise you, you work in groups and you sharpen your coaching skills.
2: There are not, as far as I'm aware... Uh, university courses and life coaching, are
0: there? No, because you no know, life coaching has been going, I don't know. I, I guess that the tool of life coaching is something that everybody can do. I mean, priests do it. In counseling, it's their psychology and coaching are very, very... There's not much of a difference between them, besides the studies that are involved with becoming a psychologist.
2: Um, so those seem like they're quite crucial in some ways. I suppose when you're having these very intimate conversations with people about their life purposes and what's holding them back, you're dealing with some very complex and you're seeing people in a vulnerable state and imagine you have to be very careful and you have to be very aware of the dangers there are for them. You could could inadvertently trigger them. You could inadvertently be pushing them in the wrong direction if you didn't have Mm -hmm. a proper understanding of what was going on in their psychology or maybe even their neurology mm-hmm. and to, tr- to, to qualify as psychologists it's um you know often it's a process of many many years study yeah, yes and, exactly and, you know very detailed courses mm-hmm. um, with a lot of sort of scientific content
0: i i know uh, psychotherapy it's very much going deep into the mental and emotional programming but we are not there coaching it doesn't go that deep there is trauma-informed coaches. I've done some some trauma work, somatic work. Depending on your niche, you you would know where you are. Some people want to be better public speakers. And you just focus on how to create more confidence, how to remove limiting beliefs. You don't need to go so much into the past. I see. And if someone is triggered, if someone does have a traumatic response in a session, we're trained to hold that space. And then you can say, you know what, I feel there's something deeper here that I am not trained for. I am not equipped to hold the space. The things you've shared, what's happened, it's beyond my experience. And I can suggest to you that maybe we we'll look into finding a therapist, right?
2: Mm-hmm. I guess the terms in which you're talking about life coaching are the terms in which I would talk about just sort of wisdom, you know, which might be contained in uh, more conventional types of therapy. It might be contained in... Literature and the arts and might just be the kinds of things that your parents tell you So I suppose it's still not completely clear to me how life coaching Stands apart from all those other things
0: Well, well you know, I don't know if it stands apart per se and, and especially in my niche, which is very much uh, fixated on personal development self-awareness and there's many different types of coaching. Um, people do career coaching, relationship coaching, leadership coaching. You know, So it's all very different. Everybody has their own niche. So yes, I, I see where you're coming from with this gray area. But the whole idea of coaching is to make people better mm-hmm. in whatever form they want to be better. So a client comes to me and they want to improve something in themselves. That is their decision. My job as a coach is to support them with that through the tools like we just mentioned. And
2: suppose, suppose someone comes to you and says they want to have sex with more women mm-hmm. and you as the life coach might think mm, maybe that's not the right way to go in life. Yeah. Or mm-hmm. they come to you and say, really, I just want to earn more money. And you, you might as the life coach have some skepticism about that as a life goal.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Is that a situation which arises and how would you deal with that?
0: It's a very good question, Ben, and I, and I love it. I've never faced that. I personally would, what we have initially when we go on a coaching journey is you and I will have a discovery session, discovery slash chemistry. There has to be a connection. You have to feel safe enough to work with me and I have to align with the purpose as you just mentioned. In that chemistry session, I'd ask you, what is it about wanting to dominate women or wanting to have more sex that is important to you? And are you willing To understand what is behind that and if the person would say to me no I just want you to coach me on how can I go out and have more sex or dominate women or people I get to choose whether that aligns with my values or not and I would say most coaches would say it's not it's not what I'm here for Mm
1: -hmm.
2: would you say that there is a particular theory of human nature and of human flourishing that underlies the work you do as a life
0: coach Okay, I would say, and I did a video on this on on, on social media the other day, there's an innate source within all of us. Call it what you want. Call it God, call it Allah, call it uh, the Kash, call it the universe. There's this thing in all of us, this source, the soul, that is looking to be liberated from suffering. right? And we see it through the way we cope through the way we we look for love through the way we try to connect it's always looking to 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 free the body of suffering that's created in childhood that's generational and i would say if this answers your question when we start to listen to that voice and we start to make peace and bring some healing and understanding to the suffering in us this is where we start feeling better within ourselves and i would say this is maybe very deeply spiritual but this is our soul's purpose is to somehow reduce the suffering in each of us
2: you don't then think as some do that suffering is a a thing of great value
0: it's a thing of great value if you learn from it and you learn to be with it and heal it not to project it but a lot of us in the minute we aren't able to be with that suffering we we can either take it very personal or we project it we become angry we judge the world we judge that Uh, and, and this is what you see a lot of i'm angry and i can't be with it so you're the problem i'm angry and i can't be with it so let me hurt someone else and this is where suffering is unhealthy, is when we now project it onto everything else around us. Mm-hmm. Suffering shouldn't create suffering. Suffering should bring awareness on how to bring love. Mm-hmm. So yes, it is a wonderful gift if you own it and you transmute that into ways to be better with it in yourself. Not projecting it onto society. Mm-hmm. Make sense?
2: Yeah. Right? So one way you could describe your work is, is helping people make good use of their suffering.
0: Absolutely. It's one of the hardest things uh, I feel in in, in my life and in my work is taking responsibility for the things that so many of us feel hard done by. My shortcomings, the things that happened to me that I feel unjustified. It's taking responsibility for that and then transmuting that into something more powerful.
2: Mm -hmm. You speak of responsibility there and reading through your website, that was one slight concern I had, yes. which maybe yes. you can address. Yes. Um, so seemed a lot of emphasis on taking responsibility for who we are. Mm-hmm. And my worry would be that if we take that approach in an unqualified way, then when things are, are really not going well for us, when we are very dissatisfied with certain things about ourselves, and about how the life we're trying to build is going, we could easily end up blaming ourselves very intensely when really that's not going to help. And, and from an objective point of view, it, it's not our fault. That, you know Life is true. sometimes very cruel. True,
0: true. Well, I, I love that. And thank you for wanting to bring clarity to that, Ben. And I would say blame is not taking responsibility. Blame is disowning responsibility, right? How do you mean? So taking ownership of, okay, I've made bad decisions. I shouldn't have invested my money all day. I maybe shouldn't have said what I said. I shouldn't have done what I did. It's painful. I'm suffering. But then taking responsibility is saying, what do I do with this now where I am? I don't want to punish me more because I'm already suffering. So blaming me for what has happened That that for me is not a healthy energy for growth. There's no power in blame. There's no creativity. There's no the love, compassion, kindness, the high vibration emotions. They're much more evocative than more judgment, more guilt, more shame, more resentment. Yeah. You know what, Ben, I really believe, and, and, and this is my own spiritual journey now, that the hardest thing to do is to bring a high vibration in moments where there's a low vibration
2: what does that mean sorry high vibration and low vibration
0: okay so we know now and this is psychology 101 for any change in your neurobiology or your biology when you are in an emotional state of stress anger pain suffering in that moment when you become conscious of it it's very powerful to bring a high vibration so i say something now and you feel anger in that moment it's very powerful to say, Okay, I'm angry. How can I be better with myself right now? So the anger doesn't take over me, get reinforced in the body, and my response then becomes your response then becomes to start smashing the, the room up because that is a response. So when I when I say bring a high vibration, it's in the moments when you hate yourself the most, when you're most angry, when you're most resentful, to bring an awareness of compassion, love, kindness. Okay, I'm angry, okay, I'm sad. How can I love me now? How can I be good with me now in spite of that? And then you teach the body to shift from what it knows to something different. So the responsibility for me is a place of how can you love yourself better in spite of everything that's going on now? And there's something very powerfully transformative in those moments.
2: It's kind of of shocking, isn't it? How bad we are, generally. Like, so? like, helping ourselves and each other.
0: But it's, it, a lot of what we know is learned behaviors. Yeah. And if you were taught energetically, and, and, and as being a father and doing some energy work, children, especially in the first five to seven years, it's, it's only energetic responses they pick up. They don't pick up, the, the prefrontal cortex is not developed enough for them to intellectualize. They can't know right from wrong. So me as a dad showing up, they don't know that... I'm afraid because I'm trying to show them that I'm not, but my energy is full of fear. This is very personal for me. So no matter how much you personify, do better, do right, be like this. If you as an individual, as a father, as a, as, as, as a person are not embodying that, then this is what the kids pick up. Then the children grow up with the very same character as the parents. And we don't understand why, because the parents are saying, well, I never taught them that. But energetically, we're teaching them fear or you're teaching them anger. And so we kind of understand why why is my kid at 14 and 18 so angry? I'm not like that. Well, oh, no, your energy is like that because you're not dealing with a lot of what you are suppressing. And so we're not taught it from young. And everything we know is a learned behavior. Okay, some there's some deep innate things, but a lot of our responses, our conscious behavior, subconscious is taught when we're young. Mm-hmm.
2: Yep. Okay. Cool. We should press on a little okay, bit. Okay, let's go. We've had some great... I'm following your leads. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's all, this, is, this is my, my responsibility. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so this one's another one coming out of my own experience. I'm kind of using this as a th- free session almost. <laughs> so I, no, I, I like you being so, it's on the house as <laughs> well. <one>. Uh, cheers. <laughs> uh, cheers. With me. Um, so, um, you also talk on the website about helping people discover their authentic selves. And you've kind of referred to that tangentially a little bit in what we've said already. Yes. And when I hear that, I sort of think, well, I'm not convinced that there is a single authentic self in me. I feel like there are many versions of me which are equally legitimate and that are kind of co-created by the other people that I'm with and the circumstances I find myself in. So searching for... This one authentic self feels to me like, at least in my personal case, it would be a bit of a fool's errand. What do you mm-hmm. think about that?
0: Okay, yeah, I, I like what you. I, I, lovely, great questions, young man. I, I, yes. I really love them. Um, for my, in in my my view, uh, the, the human soul is very pain of us, right? most primitive part of the brain is our survival brain looking to survive, to avoid pain, to avoid suffering. Right. So we grow up with an extension of masks over mask over a mask over a mask. So how can I walk into work and be me and not have to put on a face to feel like I fit in? Mm-hmm. How do I have? How can I not? Um, how can I be more vulnerable, more open, more honest, more authentic rather than maybe I should ask Lindsay this question because I think you'd like it
2: mm-hmm.
0: as opposed to I'll just ask this question because I feel this is what I feel I need to ask. Okay. So that, that, that's, and it's demasking all those, like you said, different environments, different situations require us to have a different approach. Mm-hmm. But, but how, much, how much authenticity can you bring to each one so that you're not living so superficially that you don't even know who you are? Right. Because you always have to be someone else. Because if I have to speak my truth, what if I don't fit in? What if they kick me out? What if I'm alone? So let me keep doing what I feel is right, even though... Deep inside is causing resistance. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be a bully. Why am I bullying? Because if I don't bully, then I don't fit in with the, the the other kids that I want to hang out with. But it's not me. And the more you do that, the more you get learned behaviors. The more it becomes a personality, and then that's not you. That's not your authentic self. It's what you've learned to develop into, and it causes huge resistance in the body, and it's the number one cause of all ailments. That resistance from the authentic self. So, so yes. you you know you would maybe agree that the
2: authentic self can be very various depending on circumstances, but nevertheless, you're concerned to remove those masks, which we feel the need to put on to be accepted socially.
0: Uh, yes. Yeah. 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 Let's talk about
2: Luxembourg, Lindsay. Well, you've, you've practiced now six years in, in Luxembourg. What is Luxembourg like as a place to be a, a life coach? Are there particular hang ups that we're particularly prone to here?
0: I feel from my experience uh, the coaching in the field of mental health is very taboo.
2: In Luxembourg in particular. Yes,
0: there's not much awareness around mental health and I know there's a motto and I speak to lots of Luxembourgers and um I'm a I'm a person of the world and there's a motto in luxembourg what is it we don't like change or we want things uh, to say the same we
2: want to say what you, we are y- yeah right do you know how
0: powerful a mantra is that you believe in mm. and then you see you know you hear about the domestic abuse you hear about the suicide rates you hear about the men who are lonely uh, but you look around where do you see any billboards do you see an ad- uh, any adverts on mental health it's okay where you are I look at the UK. I got family there. I got attachments there. It's everywhere. I think it was last year. They stopped the FA Cup. They delayed the kickoffs by one minute. Everybody was passionate about football. One minute? Kickoff is 3 o'clock. Why is it 1501? Mm. Mental health awareness. Wow, powerful message. Mental health awareness. I have, you know, I, I, I bury myself in alcohol. I bury myself in anger. Mental health awareness, what's that? There's something different. I don't have to be the way I am. I can change. And here it's so taboo. We don't talk about it, it's almost forbidden. There's a deep energy about, tied into that mantra of, we want things to say the same. And I love this country. I love what it's given me, the opportunities. My kids are born here. I love what I've formed here. I love who I've become here. And I want something different. Maybe I'm the only one who shares this view. That's okay. I'm safe enough in myself to stand there in in, in my own truth. but the people I work with, they all wish that there was more support. I need to survive. I, I would love to reduce my fees, but I still got to pay bills. Um, but if the government offered a percentage of reimbursement for coaching and started saying, it's okay, go, go. go. We want you to do better in this way, not to keep inducing more capitalism. Go, go shops, bury yourself in more of what is causing you to suffer alcohol, drugs, sex, shopping. It's only inducing more suffering. Mm-hmm. I, I like nice things too, you know. <laughs> no problem with that. But let's do something a bit more deep and more substantial for the generations to come. Yeah. I, I'm tired of seeing men suffering. I was one. It's its very painful.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Thank you very much for so. joining me, Henzey.
2: Thanks so much. That okay? Thank you.
1: That was Benjamin George Coles interviewing life coach Lindsay Whitby. And that was our third and final episode of this week's Local Matters on the wellness industry. You can listen to all three pieces on our website aracityradio.com and tune in again next week for our new topic on Local Mm. Matters.
0: That was Local Matters with Francisca Peschel every Tuesday to Thursday at 9:40 on RRCity Radio 102.9 105.2 87.8 and in our podcast on rrcityradio.com